Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 251. The 251st episode of the podcast just so happens to be uh, Creator Corner. The creator that I cornered on this here episode is Caleb Palmquist. Caleb Palmquist is another one of them up-and-comers. He's uh, new to the biz, but he's already... he's, He's making moves... Unlike anybody else I've ever seen, his his marketing tactics are, um, well, uh, you're you're just gonna have to find out for yourself. He he did this this Kickstarter campaign, uh, with this this, <laughs> like I said, we 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 talk about it all, and that's how I got introduced to him through this little tiny Kickstarter campaign, and now he's got a book coming out that's currently on Kickstarter. Now there's still a few days left as this episode comes out to jump on it and support, and uh, the, the book is Unicorn Vampire Hunter. I mean, come on. <laughs> there should be plenty enough in the name right there to get a, a an a, a idea and a feel for what you're getting into. Um, and keep in mind, Caleb Palmquist, he's a master at Kickstarter as well. So, yes, uh, he, he's going to talk all about that and so much more. It really is just an incredibly fun conversation I have with this cat. So, uh, before we jump into the interview, I got to shout out my sponsors, Hooked on Comics, brought to me by NSCLiveTV.com to bring to you. Hooked on Comics is the ultimate way to get your comics these days, guys. It's it's safe, it's fast. As far as the delivery goes, um, and the, the the personal contact and all of that bullshit, uh, but more than anything, it's a show. It's it's not just you know a business, but they put on a show. Their live auctions and their live sale shows are incredibly entertaining. <laughs> I mean, the, the the family. It's uh, I don't I don't know how to explain it, but John and John and the fam, they. They're an interesting watch, all while you're striking up amazing deals on comics. Tuesday's their pre-sale uh, show for the new books. You're getting 
almost always find me in that show, and that takes place uh, once again on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and then you check out their Saturday night show, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's going to be all of the stuff beyond new books, you know, back issues, obviously. Uh, all of the goodness, you know, Silver Age, Bronze Age, perhaps some Golden Age, some slabbed issues, key issues, and all of the greatness. I mean, it's uh, Hooked on Comics just knows how to deliver. So once again, their main shows are on Tuesdays and Saturdays at 5 and 7 Eastern Time. Now you find them on NSCLiveTV.com Channel 3. You'll like the Hooked on Comics Facebook page, and you know that their feeds and shows are being shared out in the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, so I invite you there as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Hooked on Comics, baby. Always happy to be shouting them out. Now, without... Any more waiting, I bring to you the incredibly, incredibly, I had it, uh, so, uh, yeah, emphasized the enunciation on a, <laughs> on a uh, why did I do that, whatever, the incredibly <laughs> amazing, awesome, and fun Caleb Palmquist. All right, Caleb Palmquist, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm excellent, man. I'm excellent. I know it's uh, it's crazy times right now, and I've been I've booked my my entire schedule so that I wasn't thinking about anything uh, outside okay. of comic books. And uh, yeah, man, you're 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 wrapping up my evening, and I'm really really looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm 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 a true fan. I am. Uh, your 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 Kickstarter campaign. With old Chug was uh, <laughs> that was that was one of my not one of my it was easily my favorite Kickstarter campaign or campaign I've ever followed and been a part of. Oh, um, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 honored enough to say that I'm the guy that chose the first name. I'm I'm the guy that picked <laughs> Chug. So <laughs> I was I was early on it. I couldn't believe that that tier was still uh still available. So I I ran with it. I loved it. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but first, you know, we got to let the the listeners know who the hell you are, man. I mean, we got to give your origin story, your 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 coming ups, how you, how how you done this. So, uh, um, let's let's start with the when. I mean, at what point were comics really a part of your life, Caleb? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I first started making comics earnestly. I think maybe um, five years ago. Um, I started making a comic book called The Small Favor, which is a science fiction uh, comic book. And um, I brought that to Kickstarter in 2017. Um, I've kind of been doing Kickstarters and comic books ever since. But I think, you know, from a storytelling perspective, I've been doing this for a while. I mean, I came up with the idea for, I wrote the original script for Unicorn Vampire Hunter back in 2011. Okay. Wow. Um, so at least that long ago, um, I've been uh, I've been doing comics. There was a time in my life when I thought I was going to make movies. I went to film school um, out of high school, and uh, but I'm uh, I like to tell people that I'm a film school dropout. <laughs> uh, even it's though it's got a nice ring to it. Right. Right. Yeah. Sort of a hipster bragging rights yeah. thing. Um. I went to film school for a year and then I transferred to a different college and ended up getting a boring English degree. 
Okay. So. Well, that English taught you to write good. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, have, have comics always been a part of your life outside of creating? I, I mean, were you, were you a reader as a kid? Um, I was a casual comic book reader as okay. a kid. I think that um, I was, you know, I was interested in superheroes like any kid, um, you know, growing up in the 90s was. But I I think that um, I I got deep into comics when I was in college um, okay. is when I started really uh, reading. You know, at first it was I was reading superhero comics and then I started reading a bunch of other stuff and. So what, um, what what kind of other stuff? I mean, like indie stuff. Uh, yeah, I think well, indie. I I went to um, Emerald City Comic Con in in Seattle in 2013, and I think that was my first like real introduction to proper indie comics. I think, um, you know, before that, I was sort of thinking of like Brian K. Vaughn as like indie, which mm -hmm. like in some ways he is. Oh sure. Um, but um but yeah before that um i had been uh the reason i say brian k vaughn is i think that why the last man was the first comic i read where i thought like oh like comics can be something besides superhero comics mm -hmm. you know because before that i was really into x-men and spider-man and stuff and i still love that stuff but like you know i think that that uh, why the last man was my real introduction to not only that like comics could be other things but also that got me thinking about making a comic book okay so. yeah no that that definitely answers one of my questions there as far as you know who inspired you and you know what what what, what sparked it but um yeah brian k vaughn that's a that's a hell of a person to <laughs> to, to draw inspiration from and why the last man i mean that's pretty undeniable you know it's it's, it's great stuff so Awesome, man. Um, so, what uh, your breakout comic essentially was? Uh, say it one more time. It was. Uh, uh, it's called a small favor. A small favor. That's right. And uh, I mean, pitch this a little bit. What's this about? Um, a small favor is a sci-fi book about an immortal space traveler, um, and basically, he um, he was a Civil War soldier who became immortal through sort of a mysterious incident and then like the bulk of the story takes place almost a thousand years later um, right. and kind of the big uh the big crux of the comic is that he's immortal but he's been when he became immortal he was told that he would live for exactly a thousand years so sort of a limited immortality okay um and as he's coming up on a thousand years he's sort of like trying to solve the mystery of his own sort of immortality and um and then there's like flashbacks in the story to different points in his life um gotcha yeah so so uh as this being like a, a first time comic for you how, how was that transitioning uh you know and this is for the new listeners out there that are learning like transitioning from other types of writing into comic style writing is, is that was that a big leap for you or yeah i mean it's interesting because i think that what I cut my teeth on in terms of writing was writing like film scripts. Right. Um, and I think that writing a script is actually very similar to writing a comic book script. Okay. Um, and um, I, the, though I think that, I mean, I haven't, uh, the only published work that I have is comic books. I have attempted to write novels, uh, but never 
never succeeded. And I think that, um, uh, you know, a small favor, I'm very proud of it, but it's also what I cut my teeth on um, for writing. So I think that, you know, it's um, nobody's first thing is their best thing. Right. Uh, very rarely. That's for yeah. sure. Right. Right on. Um, so, uh, from that point, you, you, you get the itch, you know, you realize this is what you want to do. Um, I mean, where do you take it from there? Well, um, so I was doing a small favor and I did a couple of books in that series. Um, and it's open-ended. I may return to it at some point. I'd love okay. to return to it at some point, but, um, but then, um, I started doing some uh, collaborations with other people, and I, I did a book called Modern Mythology, which is a um, an anthology collection of stories that's sort of like myth myths retold in the modern day. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, which was a lot of fun. And that was fun just to work with like a lot of different people and make new friends. And, and, um, and then... Uh, so Unicorn Vampire Hunter is really only my second solo comic, like in terms of like, I mean, it's not a solo, no comic. Well, some comics are solo projects, I suppose. Right. The artist and the writer are the same. But I, in terms of like um, something that only I wrote, it's only really my second comic. Um, and uh, but it was the first comic that I had come up with like years ago. And I, and I was looking for a new project to do something different. And I wanted to write a fantasy book and I had this script, you know, sort of in my drawer. Uh, and I figured I might as well dust it off. And, and the thing was that I knew that, uh, I knew that I wanted to, I always knew I wanted to write a fantasy comic. And I also, um, would sort of soft pitch different ideas when I was at comic book conventions. I have like, you know, sort of a drawer of ideas. And if someone would come up, talk to me and they liked what I had written, um, we'd be batting ideas around. And I would, I would sometimes do run this experiment where I would like soft pitch something, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking next year I'm going to come out with this comic and I would sort of, you know, give a little pitch whether or not, you know, I was really already planning on doing it or not. And I kind of use that as a gauge of what people might be interested in. And every time I said unicorn vampire hunter, like uh, people's eyes just kind of lit up. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally. I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's three beautiful things all come. I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I love it, man. Uh, and you, that's, that's one thing that definitely attracts me to you as a creator is that you, you, you know how to get a giggle out of me, man. I mean, I haven't even read Unicorn Vampire Hunter yet, and just the name, I'm like, oh, come on, this is perfect. Especially coming off the heels of, like I said, this, this story, this little mini story you did about this amazing oxlottle. Mm-hmm. I mean... Not only was it a, a genius form of Kickstarter campaign that I've never seen anything like before. I'm not saying I've seen them all. Uh, I don't know if this is 100% original. I'm going to give you credit for it, though, uh, because I've, I've, I back a lot of Kickstarters, and this, this was so much fun, man. Uh, it was, and every time there was a new edition, I laughed because, I mean, when you get a bunch of knucklehead readers involved... You know, and that we're going to have fun with it as well. And you being able to roll with the punches the way you did. I mean, you let this damn thing be called Chug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. that's, 
I, I love it, man. I love it. So, I mean, where did this idea come from? I mean, and the, the whole point of that rant is the fact that you know how to get a laugh out of me for sure, but now I got to talk about Chug. Okay. I mean... Um, yeah, the, I, I don't know if you had um, seen the previous year I did a campaign called um, Help Me Design This Giraffe. No. Uh, yeah, so Chug was actually the sequel campaign. Um, Oh, man. the year before I had done a giraffe. So basically the concept was that the reason that I decided to do that at all is because Kickstarter had, um, had emailed all the creators um, last year uh, about this new, you know, every once in a while they do like some little initiative, like make 100 or Kickstarter gold or whatever it is. And they did one called break Kickstarter. And the whole point was that you were supposed to do a campaign that would like break the rules in some way or, um, And so I just drew, I just, I just like drew a giraffe and then put up giraffe on the Kickstarter page. And I said, look, if you pay me a couple bucks, I will add something to this giraffe. And I had all these categories and like people were super excited about it. Um, and then, uh, so then the next year came around and I kept getting people asking me if I was going to do another similar campaign. And, uh, so that's when I came up with the axolotl campaign and, And the thing was, is that uh, I kind of I kind of stepped it up because the first time it was just the postcard and I was just adding things to the drawing. And and this time, of course, we had the story and I was drawing comic book pages as we went. And it's funny because I know I don't really consider myself an artist, um, but uh, but I had so much fun doing it. But I was drawing like two pages, two comic book pages a day during that Yeah, campaign. see, that, that that's what's crazy, man, is you don't consider yourself an artist and you're doing two pages a day. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's insane. And I mean, the 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 level in which you draw, it has such a, a, a an awesome style to it, man. I mean, it does. It's very stylistic. Like I could look at a drawing now and be like, "Hey, that's a Palmquist piece." Like that's that's cool. Like just like I could look at a Sam Keith piece, or I could look at a Jim Lee piece. You just know that that's who did that. And I think that's something pretty awesome that you've created there. I mean, coming from a writing background, saying, you know, fuck it, I'm going to doodle and <laughs> see what happens. And damn it, man, I loved every little bit of it. You know, as someone told you to draw something and you, you, you drew it, you, you, you made it happen. And Right. that, that is by far the coolest looking goddamn little oxalot I've ever seen in my life. And the reason why, maybe one of the reasons I was so attracted to this is because I'm actually one of the uh, small percentage of people on this planet that have actually owned Oxlottle. Um, Oh. I, I, yeah, I, I, I know all about these sons of bitches. So uh, it's <laughs> seeing somebody else go off something that and realize that it's not just a Pokemon. You know, it's it, this is a real-life alien creature that lives in Mexico. You know, this is, this is nuts. And you, you took this very strange-looking creature and said, let me see how strange we can get it and... You killed it, dude. And once again, every single day I looked forward to that in the morning. That was one of the first things I did. I always Wow. got the notification. I was like, all right, what is, what's he making me do today? And it was it was a hell of a way to... I would, I, I would back you every single day of a campaign. If you, if you kept this going on through Kickstarter year-round, like you, you have my money. I mean, this is just so much fun what you've done here. And to know that you're creating a... 
full-on comic book series. Is this a series or a one-shot? The Unicorn Vampire. Unicorn Hunter. is a series, yeah. All right on. Yeah, see, oh, we're gonna get a whole series of uh, out of the same brain with the, the the premise of a unicorn vampire hunter. It stabs with its horn. Come on, man. This is this is what comics are supposed to be. This is this is incredible stuff. I'm so impressed, man. Um, Thank you. Uh, t- now, t- tell me. You say this is one of the first things. You're the first thing that you you planned on working on. I mean, where where does this this love child birth from? I mean, what 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 did it what happened here? Um. Well, so I want to say there's like a weird roundabout origin story to uh, to me coming up with unicorn. Basically. Um, when I was in college, uh, somebody told me that marshes were really ugly. And I, and, and, uh, and I said, well, marshes could be beautiful. And my friend said, no, they can't be. So I, I like wrote this story about a wizard who lived in a beautiful magical marsh and had puppies that never grew old. Um, and then, and then like, I, at that point I was just feeling so silly and goofy that I just like started writing more stuff. And I was like, and then there's a unicorn and also there's vampires and also the unicorn kills the vampires. I love uh, it. And uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of where it came out of. And then, uh, and then over the years I've kind of like written it again and again. Um, uh, and, and some themes have emerged out of that, but yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. And this is currently going on Kickstarter right now. Yep. Um, wh- where are you at right now as far as uh, the, the length and the, the campaign? Um, um, how much longer do we have to go from the time we speak now? From the time we're speaking, I believe that there are 14 days left. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah the, we'll, we'll definitely have at least a week before uh, mm-hmm. so listeners can get on this. That, that, final, that final surge in these uh, Kickstarter campaigns that... You're so accommodated to, I'm sure, at this point now. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's always a struggle. Although this time, I feel like um, I feel like people are connecting with what I'm doing. Uh, we funded early, and I think there's a lot of excitement about it. So I'm feeling really good. Yeah. No, I uh, I I told my my girlfriend about it, and I was like, how perfect is this gonna be for Maya? I I got a little six year old, and. Uh-huh. It just seems like it's something that's right up our alley. Is this a, a children-friendly book? Um, what I will say is I've been calling it an all-ages book because okay. I think that what I'll say is that if you've, like, I would say it, it's got the same level of maturity as something like Frozen has okay. um, in the sense that there's, like, some heavy emotional themes Gotcha. Uh, and there's like a little bit of violence, but I think it's definitely it was definitely written with like an all ages like mindset. I dig it. It's not like inappropriate in any way. Right on. Yeah. Um. Well, and I, the the reason I asked that is because the uh, the art itself and the 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 teaser pages that you give us in the Kickstarter it does look like it's very you know like I said children friendly for the most part. And I'm not saying it's uh, it draws the eye away from a, an adult either. I mean, because you, you're very smart as to, pan, as to the panels that you show. You know, you, you show a unicorn shoving through a vampire there. I mean, it got my interest, that's for sure. <laughs> it is, um, I will say, on the preview pages, there is um, the first time the unicorn gores a vampire. The, the 
the vampire does like get dusted in like a little bit of a gruesome fashion and but that's about as a gruesome as the book gets um yeah I, I dig it. See, I, you don't. You're not going for shock value here, man. I have a feeling that you, you, you got a line here, and it's it's to make us laugh. It's to make us feel, you know, and not not necessarily. There's there's plenty of shock and on out there. It's this is unicorn vampire hunter. It's just uh, it, it feels feels fluffy, but at the same time rock and roll. Uh, you know, it's I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. it's just that's uh, uh, there's. I get so many emotions talking about this. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to show this to my girl or my my daughter for that matter. I, yeah. They're they're gonna be pumped on it. They already are. I'm um, excited. So, so uh, what what are what, what kind of stre- I mean you're the the king of stretch goals. I mean what what kind of stretch goals are we are we playing with here? Uh well I you know I I've thought about this a lot because I've done this is my seventh Kickstarter campaign and I always think about stretch goals and. I always want to um, to try to do stuff that really adds value. Um, and so I do have one stretch goal. The first stretch goal is like to add some prints. I have a, you know, like over the years, I've made a lot of friends and mm-hmm. and uh, in the community. And so I had a few people volunteer to, to draw some cool pinups for me. And, and so we're going to maybe do those as prints. Nice. Um, if we meet the first stretch goal, and but then after that, the stretch goals are like um, just more story. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really want to just keep the story moving forward. And and I think the big fear about stretch goals when it comes to comics or any project really is you want to be careful. It's not like detracting or like taking costing more than you're going to raise. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, really if i raise enough money i'm just going to make the second issue and then you know m- move on then if if i make enough money the the second kickstarter will be issue one through three instead of one two th- one through two you know gotcha um because I, uh, I just want to get this story out i have a story it's a five issue arc and okay. i want to i want to get it out to people right on man uh, is this something that you see maybe getting shopped around by some other publishers, like a, a, a scout perhaps, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that... yeah, you know, I love scout. Uh, scout is awesome, and I have a lot of, uh, of some friends who, who are published by scout, Walter Osley. Um, and, oh, uh, yeah, he, uh, Metal Shark Bro is one of my favorite things of all time. I saw a piece that you did too, man. I was, uh, I w- I was hunting, and I, once again... Uh, all I saw was Metal Shark Bro, eyes focused, and without even reading the caption, I was like, that's fuck Caleb Palmquist art. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I know that art. I know that style, man. It's, uh, oh, I was so pumped to see that. And it just uh, it proves that you have uh, an undeniable steez to your drawing, man. I, I love it. I, I don't care if you call yourself an artist or not. You know, it's yeah, you, you got something that I dig. I'd buy Palmquist prints all day. I mean, this is... This is <laughs> all right, man. Oh yeah, man! Uh, don't stop drawing. That's for sure. Okay. All right, I appreciate that. I do. I do appreciate that. I um, I love to draw. I just uh, you know, I I think one of the things when it comes to drawing is that when I um, I mean, inevitably everybody compares themselves to people. Um, but you know, I I hire artists like like Daryl Toe, who's drawing um, Unicorn Vampire Hunter, and he's so talented. I mean, he's got like more talent in his like pinky finger than most <laughs> people have in their whole bodies. You know, and I like just like you can't can't stand up next to that but one of the things i kind of lean into when i'm drawing is just the silly factor of it 
So yeah, you know, it's like well, have fun with it. Well, and that's if if I as the the viewer can see that you're having fun as an artist, then I'm just going to enjoy it. I mean, it just it, it's it's perfect. I'm glad that you understand that and recognize that too, because there's there's a lot of people out there putting blood, sweat, and tears into their their pages, and I respect that. But I mean, blood, sweat, and tears doesn't translate like someone that is just out there to have fun. That's you true. know, and um, that's that's just the way I see it. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you know putting all that you know being the Ryan Stegmans and all of that the ridiculous pencils. There's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that too. But this is the stuff that I recognize. So, right on, man. I, I I'm, I'm so stoked to be talking to you right now. <laughs> um, so uh, we we're talking about art on this book. Uh, how, how do you find your artist? I mean, oh, what, what's um, the process there? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think that um, I, I, I love talking to people and I love making friends. And, and I'll, honestly, most of the artists that I found um, for different projects have just been people that have connected through either online or at, at conventions. And, um, and then I'm kind of like, man, I love your art. And like, you know, you want to work on a book together. Um, that's how I met Walter. Walter Osley drew a story for me. One of the first comics that I drew, um, he did a little story in a small favor in the first volume. Um, and I had just kind of, uh, met him online and, and like we started talking and, and then I was like, Hey man, you want to draw a comic for me? And, and then he did it. And, you know, we've kind of been friends ever since. And then Daryl, I met because he had drawn, um, is Nana the Were Spider. Have you heard of that? Have you read no. that? Is Nana the Were Spider is a, is a really cool comic book by a guy named Greg Anderson, Elise, who is, um, who's a Haitian American, uh, comic book writer who uh, it's a it's a book about Anansi, the spider god's son, who like okay. uh, comes to Earth and kind of like is trying to um, uh, track down um, sort of like people or creatures from the spirit realm who have like, gotten to Earth. Anyway, it's like it's super cool. And Daryl Toad drew the second volume and Greg's a good friend of mine. And and uh and i and i read as nana the wear spider volume two and i was like man this this guy this art would just be perfect um and i and so about a year ago i approached daryl about drawing uh a fantasy comic with me and um and he said he was interested and then once his schedule opened up we started talking about working together and um and uh He's awesome. I mean, Daryl is like, not only is he just so talented, he's a machine, he works super fast, and he has this unique talent for taking my scripts and like understanding them in a way where it's like, I'll get pages back from him and I'll be like, I know that I didn't write that in the script, but it's like you like read my mind, hmm. like exactly what I was looking for. Um, he just has like this really good intuition about storytelling and and read and interpreting scripts because my scripts are like i always ask an artist that i work with like how detailed they want the scripts to be um because you know they all have different preferences and okay um but my my natural script writing like 
instincts are so sloppy. I, it's like, it'll be like page 27. Um, these two characters walk in. Here's a, like a one sentence description of the scene. This character says this, this character says this. Like, I don't break it out into panels. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, this is what happened. And like, sometimes I have had artists who say, okay, can you please break it out into panels? Like, okay. And like, and I totally respect that. Cause it, it is like, I'm asking them to do more work to like, to I, lay I it out that, for yeah. me. But some artists are like, they, they have such a good sense for it that I don't want to like hamstring them, you know? Uh, Cause I'm like, all right, top left corner, um, you know, quarter size panel, this happens. I mean, like maybe that'll turn out good. And like the longer I've done comics, I feel like the better sense of layout that I have. But like, mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, these guys, they know what they're doing and they're awesome at it. Um, and so like, you know, I, um, I have always found that the best results come from this really collaborative nature of working with artists. So, you know, um, like with Daryl, um, he's, uh, he's a great partner because he like, he understands storytelling and, uh, and, uh, you know, given the chance to like show his voice, um, that it, the story really sings. So, um, you know, as much as like, like I've written the script, but like the, the heart of it, the personality of it really comes from the art. Wow. Well, I mean, that, that's cool of you to be open like that and, uh, you know, leave it to the, uh, the, the, the artist's discretion. You know, I, that's kind of a cool approach to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, I'd give you a pretty open script, but if you want me to tighten it up for you, I could do that too. I mean, it says a lot uh, about you as a writer because there are some writers out there and I, I, I know them personally that it's this way and there's no other way and this is my vision and uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel like those books are as much fun. And, you know, a lot of times I could sense that. Well, it's such a collaborative media. I mean, you know, if I wanted to work completely by myself, I would just go write a novel. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, but like comic books are, are a collaboration. And, and one of my favorite things is like working with people. And, and honestly, that's part of the reason that I have so much fun when I do things like the Oxalotl thing is because it's like, it's this big collaboration, really. It was mm. like, you know, like we're telling a story together and everybody's having fun and like the energy is high. Um, and that's where when I'm working with an artist who's like excited about the story, um, which is why, like, as I've gone on, I've gotten pickier and pickier about who I work with. And part of that is because I want, you know, I want people who are excited. Like Daryl's excited. I mean, we had like long conversations about uh, about Unicorn and like the lore of the world and like what kind of, you know, the, the rules and the characters and all this stuff. And and uh, and he wasn't afraid to say, like, well, you know uh like i actually think this should happen here instead of here or whatever and like and then the same actually in fact the, the same thing um happens with my letterer dave lentz is like phenomenal he's like he's really talented and the great thing is he him and i have such a great uh rapport like uh he will oftentimes like change my scripts as he's lettering and like and he'll be like, um, like not dramatically, but you know, he'll change like the way somebody said something or like where something is or like delete lines or add lines. And then he'll be like, look, 
uh, he'll, he'll give me the pages and be like, look, if you need me to change it, if you need me to put it back to your script, it's okay. But I had these suggestions and I, and like nine times out of 10, I'm like, holy crap, you made it better. Like, all right. Um, and like, but, I, but I think like having that, like if you trust each other, if you're a team and you trust each other and you're like telling a story together and everybody's excited and everybody feels an ownership of it, then it's like, I don't know, the energy is high and it just like feels good. The whole creative process feels good. I don't feel like I'm like a dictator, like telling people what to do. I mean, I'm like, I got these two guys who are like in it. They understand the story and they love the story and they're excited about the story. And like the Daryl's art and Dave's lettering, like they, it, I think the love there shows through. Yeah. And, uh, that it, it will to it will every single time. And it will, I love that you 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 guys are all able to have fun, but when it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be fun making the comic when it is in that dictatorship type of situation, and I, I I've I've seen that close hand, and it's miserable, man, especially when there's talented creative people that have suggestions, and you know I. Uh, I, I, I really commend you for being someone that's, that's open for feedback and it really is. It's, it's, it's going to elevate you as a writer too. It, it really will. Um, especially if these guys are as talented as you say they are and it sounds like they are. So right on, man. Um, well, uh, uh let's see. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think we can get to the the white bread questions here now. Um, okay. you, you, once you hit the con circuit and you're at all the huge panels and everything, and at San Diego, and you got twenty thousand sweaty backpacked nerds asking you questions, I'm gonna beat them to to it. Um, I'm I'm gonna ask you the white bread questions, but at the same time, I I, I feel like they're important uh, to to new listeners and potential readers to kind of get to know what what headspace you're in in the comic book industry once again you are going to get asked these questions a lot but i'm gonna i'm gonna knock them out real quick here for the sake of my own uh i, I don't have a con to go to i don't have as <laughs> right. here we go um it I, I i've always feel silly asking this question but I, I i get surprised quite often with the detail of these answers but who's the best protagonist in all of comics Oh man. Who's the best protagonist? I hate saying superhero because there's so many great comics out there that if we limit it to superheroes there's yeah. Oh uh, man, that's a good question. Um Hmm. Mm. <laughs> there's definitely plenty to choose from. Right. Well, if we were, if it was, if it was limited to superheroes, I would say my favorite protagonist is Flash Thompson. Nice. Venom. Yeah. Right on. That's a hell of an answer. Once again, <laughs> I mean, I, I've asked that answer, or I've asked that question multiple times today, and each time I continue to be blown away, and it keeps me asking the question. It, you know, you can only hear Batman and Spider Man so many times. They, they may be the right answer, sure, but. It's. I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm looking to see where your head's at in comics, and that's a unique answer. And I, oh man, I dig that. The reason, the reason that I love Flash Thompson is because Flash Thompson starts out as a bully, uh -huh. um, and then he goes through some shit, and then he like grows, and so 
in when I'm not writing, I'm a teacher. Um, I teach um, high school, but specifically, I work with uh, dropouts. I work in a GED oh, program, wow. and um, I really feel strongly about um, second chances and redemption. Um, I really believe that, like, even when people do horrible, horrible things, that like they still deserve compassion and love. Hmm. And, um, you know, on some level, that's why, like, I, I see Flash Thompson as this character who, like, you know, just, like, he has this evolution and he, like, he, like, admires Spider-Man, he admires Peter Parker, like, and he, like, he, like, under, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I, I just think he's a cool character and I think he's a cool example of how, like, someone can, can redeem themselves and, and someone can like, you know, grow as a person. Um, and so I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, Flash Thompson, he's cool. That's my favorite answer that's been given so far out of all of the times I've asked that question. That is by far my favorite answer. I really dig that. And I've, like I said, there's, there's been multiple times just today alone, I was like, damn, that's a good answer. But that right there, I mean, that, I, I dig the shit out of that. It says a lot about you as a character too, especially you know in the situation that you are as you're, you know, with your day job, being a teacher at that level. I mean, you somehow just skyrocketed my admiration for you that much oh. more because I got a soft spot for that stuff too. So, uh, I dig it. Um, now I'm gonna flip it around and who's the best shithead in all the comics? Who's the best antagonist? Oh man, okay. Uh, best antagonist. Well, you know, I got, you asked me this question, you put me on the spot and all I can, <laughs> like, I feel like I should give like some cool answer from some like obscure indie book, but, um, the, the answer that comes to mind in terms of the best, um, the best kind of antagonist is Quentin Quire from, uh, X-Men. Okay. Wow. Wow, yeah. man. Another fucking deep cut pull uh, <laughs> I, I, I dig the hell out of that um, I mean he's yeah. he's an omega level shithead for sure right right and I like I don't you know I haven't um, I haven't kept up with like really Marvel comics in the last I don't know three years so I don't know I think he's been on a book recently and I don't really know what they're doing uh, yeah he that. was a west coast avenger at one point in time and you know he's he's back to I mean, now in the Hickman universe, everybody's good. So he's, uh, shit, what is he? I think he's part of the X-Force, actually, which is actually really cool, him being a part of the X-Force. You know, with the companionship with Wolverine right now is pretty badass. But Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. I'll have to check it out because, like, I was always a huge fan of Quentin Quire, especially in Jason Aaron's uh, Wolverine and the X-Men run. Yeah. Uh, he was really good. And I just, like, I like that... Um, uh probably for similar reasons that i that i like flash thompson you know he's just like he's like uh he's one of these characters that like at his best moments is like trying to do something good but he's like such a shithead like it's like so deep embroiled into him to be a shit lord that like you know he doesn't like he doesn't really know another way to be yeah, uh, I dig it, man. I dig that answer. You're blowing me away, dude. It tells me, once again, you, you are in a different level from a, a lot of other creators. I, I dig the shit out of this. 
Um, what was the last single issue that you you, you read? Oh, um, I've been the one, it, it, and again, like in the past couple years, I haven't really been um, getting polls at a at a comic book shop. Um, partially, like for financial reasons. I mean, you know, mm. you can get carried away, uh, mm -hmm. and I certainly did. But what the one thing I've been pulling lately is uh, is um, Kirkman's new book, Firepower. Okay. So how, last... how is that? Because, uh, I mean, I read the first issue, and I just couldn't figure it out. You know, I mean... Uh, did you read the prequel graphic the... novel? No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's weird. He, like, he released a, a, like, prequel graphic novel, like a full graphic novel that, like, takes place before issue zero. Okay. Uh, yeah, hmm. so I don't really know, like... I think you kind of had to have read that to get. Oh, well, that issue. explains why I don't understand any of it. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Right. Right on. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I think it's really cool. I think it's fun. It's it's sort of like, it's a little bit of a riff on, uh, on like, Iron Fist, kind of. Okay. Uh, but it's, like, in that in that real classic Kirkman style, you know, where he, like, like Invincible is, like, one of my favorite uh, comic books, you know, because he like takes something where you're you're expecting one thing, and then he's just like flips everything on its head. Like, you know, this is we're gonna take all these conventions and throw them out the window. I mean, an invincible. Well, I, I, if anyone hasn't read it, I'm not gonna spoil it. But you know, in issue five, it's like everything that you expected just like is out the window. It's like a whole new ball game. Right on. All right. Well, issue five of Firepower just came out today. So, and I've I've continued to have it on my pull list. I just after issue one, I I, uh, I had to talk to someone about it. And uh, you're you're the first person I've I've been able to talk to that said you know that's read it and said hey. All right. So I, I I'm gonna take your word for it. Okay. I'll, I'll dive into it. I'll have to go through and check out that prequel graphic novel too. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. I th I feel like that's something that only Kirkman could pull off. Is like I have a new series, and it's starting off with a graphic novel, um, and then and then we're gonna do the regular series. And I like, I, I don't think anybody else could pull that off, really. No, probably not. I mean, he's Robert Kirkman. He's his, <laughs> he does his own thing in comics, and it works for him. So yeah, good on him. Um, all right, so last question. I'm going to put your writing skills on the spot here. Uh, it's 150 years from now in the future, and we're, 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 we're standing at your... I'm not. I'm dead. Um, there. They're standing at your memorial site, and you, the, the comic book graveyard. What does your comic book tombstone say? Oh, man. My comic book tombstone. Um... It's going to say just some guy. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> and it's going to have an awesome chiseled out drawing underneath a palm quiz piece. That's that's what it's going to have. Uh -huh. um, oh, man. Uh, Caleb, this is this has been a pleasure, man. Um, I'm stoked on Unicorn Vampire Hunter. I'm going to have all the links and everything and all of the posts I put up. Um, do you do you have a social media account that the, you want the listeners to follow? Uh, you know, I'm so bad at social media. I mean, I'm like I'm on Facebook, but that's like not really something that you can follow, I guess. I'm uh, I'm on Twitter and I don't tweet. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm on Instagram, but I rarely post. Um, so, um, 
you can follow Unicorn Vampire Hunter on Facebook. There's a fan page. You there you can go. Follow. Right on. Right on. That's what we'll go with then. I'll uh I'll have all of the links in the description as well for you there, brother. Um Caleb, this has been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to your next uh, crazy Kickstarter campaign that you, I mean, your postcard campaign. I don't know what you call them, man, but I dig the shit out of them. I think, uh, um, I think at this point it will probably end up being an annual thing. I think so. Probably next summer I'll come up with some different crazy animal to do. Hell yeah, man. And it was, it was really exactly what we needed during all of this bullshit pandemic stuff because it was going on right in the thick of it all. I mean, people were still locked down in most places, and it it really gave me something. It, I mean, it it sounds pathetic to say out loud, but it gave me something to look forward to every day. I mean, it's not like I don't have anything to look forward to, but that was the first thing. Every day I wanted to see what the hell you, 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 were, you were adding to it and what, what we voted on and... It's, oh. it's genius stuff, man. So don't stop doing that. Don't stop drawing. Um, I, you just stay on the track you're on, man. We'll, we'll we'll be talking Eisners and Ringos in no time. I I have no doubts, Caleb. All right, thanks, man. Uh, you need anything? You know where to find me, man. I really do appreciate your time. You stay safe out there, brother. Okay, you too, man. All right, cheers. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, Go ahead and like our page on Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. Well, there you have it, Slurds, another episode in the books, another creator has been cornered, and how's about that Caleb Palmquist? I'm telling you, the guy's just a, a pleasure to talk to, this, this, this cat's on the razz, I have no doubt in his abilities, uh, the, the fact that he's an artist, it's exciting, he's going to take on drawing and cartooning and all that, I, I, I admire the shit out of, and yeah, um, it is not your typical art style by any means, but at the same time, it's got that steez, man. It's got that steez. You know, I kind of get like a Jack Black vibe out of it, you know? Uh, you, you, if you knew, you know. <laughs> um, Unicorn Vampire Hunter is the book. Uh, hopefully this is the first book of many more to come. Uh, I suggest you jump on that Kickstarter. I know I have obviously um so uh yeah there you go uh i hope you've been informed and entertained and uh yeah distracted perhaps mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's been my pleasure chatting it up with you. Leave those five-star ratings on iTunes and uh, anywhere else you can, but more so iTunes. You have no idea how important it is to this show, those five-star ratings. Also, uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Show me how much you really love me, baby, for just a buck. A buck a month. And there's tears ranging on up, but hey, I'm cool with the dollar. Uh, really does mean the world to this show, and it does help the uh, production quality grow. So be a producer. That's how you do that. You know, you're pretty much considered a producer by uh, becoming a Patreon or a patron on patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Now, I uh, leave you with this. Please be safe out there and uh, always read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics Podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast.